0: Welcome to a podcast on fire on Fun and Fury and with or without you. And after having no real action requirements placed on him in the movie Fruit Punch and in Wicked City he was surrounded by effects and had a plastic toy stand him for him anyway, uh, Leon Lai has to go to action work in Frankie Chance, Fun and Fury. Also. Leon and Jackie Chung reunite after having been co-stars in Wicked City and fight over the affection of Rosamond Kwan as cop and triad respectively in With or Without You. And my name is KDB and with me is Phil G, uh, who is my fellow audio commentary buddy and uh, head home show of uh, Eason Film Fans and uh, my fellow uh, actors series uh, buddy as well. So hello, Phil.
1: Hello. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you. That was quite an introduction. It's getting bigger. We should stop working together so closely on everything that we do. We're just like, we're everywhere now. Um, but you know what? It's fun to be back in the saddle um, on the podcast. And um, Leon, it's uh, lie or bye. Um It's good to get back and uh, review some of his work. So yeah, looking forward to this
0: one. Uh, were these uh, both of these first time watches
1: for you? They were actually, funnily enough. And, and I thought I would have seen Fun of Fury because it sounds like my kind of film. But yeah, I hadn't. It was one that I missed. I'd
0: I'd seen the other one, Uh, or I have the other one, so I have seen it
1: as well. Yeah, so yeah, they were were new for me, which is always great, because I like uh, discovering new films that I possibly should have seen, and I haven't seen, and and I have seen now, which is great. So I get to uh, give my little opinion on them and on Leon, so yeah, looking forward to it.
0: And and this is the Leon Lai Actors series, where we are across nine film reviews, and uh, these are the third and fourth film reviews. We determine across those reviews whether he's any good or not, statistically, mathematically, uh, legally, uh, by <laughs> slapping a lie or buy on him across uh, each and every film. And uh, so, so so far, it's one all. Uh, one lie for Fruit Punch, the very sweet ensemble um, piece with uh, y- young folks uh, trying to be enterprising and uh, trying to build futures for themselves. And one hard buy for Wicked City, even though the film is fun, Leon Lai, uh, in your words, kind of sucks.
1: It does, yeah. Uh, those, were, those were definitely more words. Correct.
0: Uh, so let's uh, get going. Some brief contact information. Uh, this is uh, Podcast on Fire on the Podcast on Fire network. All the other shows that we do, uh, Japan on Fire, What's Korean Cinema, This weekend's in Sleaze and so forth, all available on the website or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, feedback and such can be done via email, podcastonfire at googlemail.com. The social media links are available on the website that will lead you to our page, but we also have a discussion group on Facebook called podcast on fire network with uh, most of the show updates and uh, all other shenanigans uh, going on in there so welcome in we're a friendly bunch and uh, that's uh, pretty much uh, it Um, i want to also mention that at the time of recording three of our audio commentaries uh, done for 88 films are out Uh, armor of god monkey kung fu human lanterns uh, the latter two being released in both UK and the US and at the time of recording it's not quite out yet uh, it's been uh, delayed to like August but uh, we're going to be, be featured on the Tiger Cage trilogy box set and uh, we have done the audio commentary for Tiger Cage 3 by the time you hear this it might be out, uh, might be out. but regardless uh, it's uh, uh, the specs are out there so it's official that me and Phil talked about the Michael
1: Wong movie in that uh, box set because uh, why wouldn't we? People will say Phil Why not one and two, Phil? You know, you know, bringing the action. But, you know, three is underrated. It's classic. It's action-orientated. And it's got the wong in. Come on. You kind of love the wong. So it was now done. It was a show in We delivered it. So, yeah, have fun with that. And we've enjoyed the commentaries up to now. There's more to come. um, We'll tease that. There's more to come. But. Um, yeah, if you pick that one up, let us know. Um, get on the forum. Let us know uh, what you thought. But yeah, yeah, it's, uh, we're we're looking forward to delivering that, and hopefully, uh, it'll be a delight for your ears. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah,
0: because uh, this is fresh information. Hopefully, you haven't abandoned. Or disbanded the, the the gang that you gathered up for your little little fancy YouTube series. Ho- hopefully, by the time this comes out, you haven't abandoned it. But at the time of recording, you've debuted a fancy new television show on on YouTube. <laughs> and I wanted to tell listeners what that is and where they can. Ah, oh,
1: well, uh, yeah, it's been it's in the pipeline for a while, and uh, we had a lull so I I picked that project back up again and delivered it. So myself and Jamie McDonald, you may have seen him; he's been doing reviews with myself on Eastern Film Fans for a while now, so he's part of the family. And um, we we're talking about doing a series of unboxing videos, and there's some fantastic ones out there. Look, um, the Fanatical Dragon. Um, there's uh, the Hong Kong Appreciation Society. There's, there's some great guys that have been doing it for a long time, and we're not here to step on anybody's toes, but we just want to bring some fun to it. Uh, and we love the thought about opening someone up and what's in the box. And it, the what's in the box came from, you know, if you are a fan and a Brad Pitt fan and stuff, you know, it's a classic line from the classic film Seven. What's in the box? And I said it once, and I went, "Oh, that'll make a great idea for a for a series." So yeah, we started. We've we've released the first one of What's in the Box, episode one. We don't tell you what's in the box. You just have to watch it. So yeah, it's an angle. It's an angle. It's not a very uh, good one if you want to get people to go because again, well, I don't know what it's, what's in the box, but that's the whole point. What's in the box? So you have to go and find out what is in the box. We don't tell you. You just and we're not going to tell you what's on the, episode two. You'll find out we we're already going to record that one. But at the time, episode one is out. There might be more out. But, yeah, basically, we unbox something. We show you. We tell you what the extras are. We tell you the features, the commentaries. And obviously, it's going to be Eastern flavor because, look, we're Eastern film fans. Oh, it's of something course. with a commentary. You revealed and ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we'll, so, we'll, yeah, we'll go through all the features and stuff. You never know. Some of them might have us on, Ken. Um, and, yes, I have podcasts on fire on that episode as well. So, episode one, yes. Do podcast on fire and our commentaries because that's what we do it's share and share alike we're all one happy family so uh, it's a bit of fun um, and uh, get, get to review some some great titles and yeah, and tell you what's in the box
0: and you need to tell the listeners what the YouTube channel is called as well
1: yeah so uh, Eastern Film Fans um, YouTube pop it in the little search bar there, have a look at it and you'll see a, a, a wide variety of videos. not just that, but I've got some uh, interviews on there with uh, Scott Atkins, etc. So yeah, go, go and check it out. There's more stuff on there, but um, that's our new series that we've just kicked
0: off. I, I wouldn't do it myself because uh, fuck going no on video. <laughs> no, 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 no one needs to see this, <laughs> but uh, I, I enjoy those who, who do it well. And, uh, Also use the unboxing format when there's actual things to unbox. Because one of my pet peeves, uh, stumbling upon random unboxing videos, is when someone unboxes a regular Blu-ray with nothing in it other than a disc. (laughs) And I'm like, I know content is what drives channels, but Mm. it needs to be something else there, you know. Granted, if you go through the special features, but 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 then you you're doing a disc review. Right, so yeah. uh, so uh, that's my only pet peeve. Like uh, it should be something, like something uh, more. L- l- yeah, like there's yeah. a booklet and a poster and cards and and uh, an outer slipcase. Blah blah blah. Uh, but but not like yeah. Here's the uh, uh, here's the Blu-ray
1: for Face Off. Here's the disc. Um, bye. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. And it depends on the film as one you want to show off and stuff. But, you, but you're but you right. There is, uh, I think um, Leon said from uh, the Hong Kong Blue Race as well, Bless him. Well, you could do more, you could put more in the box. You know what we might do, what's in the box, there might be more. You never know. I'm not saying it's always going to be one disc, there might be more. Hey. Um, there's not a spoiler there at all. But um, you're right, it's got to be something to show off. But equally, if you're passionate enough about a film and you want to you know, publicise just the passion and stuff, then I think that's all right as well. I know where you're coming from. You want it to be a little bit special.
0: It's entirely personal. Obviously, I'm not discouraging anyone from doing it. Yeah, of course
1: it is. And I've seen some epic stuff with some proper, proper special editions that people, I just go, wow, I wish I could get my hands on that and stuff. It's like gold dust to get hold of. And those are are fantastic ones to show and stuff. But, yeah, um, it's a journey. We'll start off. We'll see where we go with it and stuff. But, yeah, we're going to have fun with it for sure. But, yeah. We're just doing it for the love of the film, love of the films, love of the genre. And if other people pick that title up, great. We've introduced somebody else to it and, and that's it and stuff. If we get a few likes and subscribes, that's great and stuff. But again, I'm not really bothered. It ain't about that. It's just about showing some love for Eastern films.
0: Uh, we'll link to a YouTube channel and the specific video and uh, you get to discover yourself. listeners. what's <laughs> happening? the box. The <laughs> uh, let's take a music break and uh, after that we'll return to review the first of our films which is Fun and Fury from 1992, both films from 1992 so we haven't moved on uh, many years uh, uh, many years into the 90s yet but um, that's where we're at and uh, after the music break we'll be back to discuss the film and some background. <laughs> 就可以用凭 something on something And welcome back. And the first review is for Fun and Fury from 1992 and plot, uh, plus some added snark from a Hong Kong Movie Database. Uh, that, like, I didn't edit this, uh, so um, it goes as follows. Uh, Wai Hon, played by Liam Lai, is a cop from Singapore who wants to marry the lovely uh, Vivian Chow, playing the character of Ching Ha, and heads off to Hong Kong uh, with her in order to meet her father, played by Kent Cheng. Trouble is, he is a triad boss and doesn't really want a cop in the family. His devious barrister slash right-hand man hatches a range of plans to split them up, uh, which tests the couple's love. We saved uh, from it turning into a romantic comedy by the appearance of Smiling Tiger, played by Norman Choi, a villain in the best James Bond tradition who wants Leon and all around him dead as revenge for his brothers earlier in parentheses unexplained death. So that's uh, the setup for you. This movie is directed by Frankie Chan, also stars him, mostly known for his co-starring role in The Prodigal Son. But he has provided Hong Kong cinema with compositions and music selections while also acting and making and producing. You know, slacker! <coughs> not, not busy enough, Frankie. <laughs> uh, born in 1951, uh, after dropping out of high school, he was recommended by his um, uncle, uh He sent a recommendation to Shaw Brothers and Frankie got to work at Shaw Brothers, getting a mentorship under composer Wang Fook Ling. And in the end, this led to a ton of music by credits that may very well have contained original compositions, but Shaw Brothers films also were known to tap the DeWolf Music Library for their films and also use unauthorized music. And DeWolf uh, was a British stock music library, and that's why you hear... Some of the same cues and pieces across movies, such as Monty Python and the Holy Grail and the Five Venoms, right? Uh, they share cues from uh, the Wolf. Uh, the opening credits during the Mon- uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail with that very ominous bum 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 that turns up in the Five Venoms, which was always amusing to me because when I heard it in that film, in uh, Chang Chia's film, I was I was expecting a card that took him up on screen saying the Kung Fu talent has been sacked and been replaced by new Kung Fu talent and what have you, but uh, that didn't happen. But that's the, that, because during Monty Python and Holy Grail, that music like and then that card comes up because there's been some silly subtitles in the opening credits uh, uh, in Holy Grail, so... So you're kind of damaged by the Dwarf music library in that regard. Anyway, amongst Frankie's numerous music credits for Shaw Brothers, you have The Singing Killer, The New One-Armed Swordsman, The Boxer from Shantung, The Devil's Mirror, House of 72 Tenants, Big Brother Chang, Super Inframan, King Boxer. And we spoke of unauthorized music in King Boxer, a the theme from that film, that is from the, Quincy, uh, from the TV series Ion side that Quincy Jones composed. So I doubt that was authorised. So if you look that up on YouTube, you're going to hear King Boxer right away. That very uh, recognisable uh, music sting that's in that film. Uh, Frankie transitioned out of uh, Shaw Brothers and worked in the same capacity as, uh, as composer or music selector on the likes of Iron Fisted Monk, Broken Oath, Half a Loaf of Kung Fu, Dance of the Drunk Mantis and so forth. And uh, he will of course be fondly remembered as the other prodigal son in summer Hong's The Prodigal Son he got, got this fantastic showcase as a martial artist um, I, I believe it, it got, going back to the original commentary on the Hong Kong Legends DVD uh, Bay Logan talked about Frankie had some foundations in like judo and what have you so he wasn't this complete novice as a martial artist but he is doubled to a degree in that film but uh, he holds his own uh, as you well know Phil There, there's no doubt that Frankie is up to that um uh, Challenge as he goes up versus uh, Lam Ching Ying and uh, Yun Biu and what have you. And, uh, it's a really a uh, classic role for, for many reasons. And, uh, one of those, uh, w- would you say, perfect Kung Fu movies? For me, it's a perfect Kung Fu movie. I think it's the perfect Kung Fu movie. In all honesty, the prodigal sound. like like a comedy is spot on and the seriousness is spot on and the martial arts is just Yeah,
1: just the whole the hot yeah, the kitten cabal is one of those the, the complete it's one of those that you rec- always recommend to people because yeah, watch it this is just, you know, fantastic. So yeah, hundred percent I'm on I'm on I'm, I'm on board with that.
0: Even the like the toilet stance that Samuel does with you and You is very funny. Even when the toilet with the toilet flushing sounds on the soundtrack. Super funny so uh, frank yes, as we said not just actor or composer also director 21 films uh, he's directed with the fans mostly citing his action vehicles burning ambition and outlaw brothers as sort of high points but you also have films like the good the bad and the beauty the quite long wuxia film a warrior's uh, tragedy and uh, criminal hunter to pursue and the criminal hunter i believe uh, i remember being this very tonally weird movie super dark super broad And kind of compelling, uh, being all over the place. Um, I believe he starts with uh, Eric Tsang in that one. We also have seen evidence over the years of uh, Frankie being quoted as directing portions of movies like Armor of God 2, Thunderbolt, Drunken Master 2. I mean, there's photos of him on the set of Drunken Master 2. So he was obviously someone Jackie trusted to have around to direct uh, perhaps main unit, perhaps second unit. Uh, for the sake of efficiency. Because Jackie after all did appear. In the films as well. Uh, so uh, Frankie was someone good to have around. Someone trustworthy. And someone someone efficient to have around. And uh, he also. One of the latter films he's directed. By the way I haven't seen it. Was the 14 Amazons update. Legendary Amazons from 2011. I'm not sure. Again, because I haven't seen it, if it's a true and faithful remake of the classic Shaw Brothers film, the 14, 14 Amazons. But it certainly deals with the story surrounding that family, the young family. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, do you remember seeing it or making a no, connection? I've never
1: seen it and stuff. It was on the radar, but again, it just slipped away from me. One of those I never got into uh, seeing. he's uh he's certainly multi-talented for, for sure and stuff, and you know, somebody should do a a podcast series on him. No, I was just saying that out loud. But yeah, now he's it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, definitely
0: a um, talented fellow. Yeah, I mean, we we spoke about, like, uh, did he compose anything? Well, he did. And he won some awards for the things he did compose. <laughs> uh, for his work with uh, Wong Kar-Wai on 1995's uh, Fallen Angels, him and co-composer Ruel A. Garcia won the Hong Kong Film Award for Best Original Film Score. And uh, he was also nominated in the same uh, in that same capacity, for his work on *Shang King Express* and *Ashes of Time*, uh, the the prior year. So, and also he did uh, the score or worked on the score for Choi Hak's *The Lovers*. So, Wong Kawaai obviously liked and trusted Frankie a lot uh, to um, to put music in his films. Do Do you remember watching like like uh, like have any firm like memories of those action? Movies, I quoted like outlaw Brothers Brothers with uh, himself and Yukari and all those westerners. Do you have any like any spontaneous memories of watching that because I was because Outlaw Brothers is the film that people like point to
1: quite often. yeah, I, and I, and I think Outlaw Brothers was the first time I saw Frankie or took notes of him and saw him and was like, wow hold on a second this guy can can really um do it with the best of them. And obviously, um, I think uh, obviously it was a talented lineup at the time and stuff, and you you know it's in the westerners in it, but you know Outlaw Brothers was was always lauded by everybody as such a as a great uh, titan and stuff, and it was one of those that I think introduced people to, to Frankie Chan and you know uh, now the redundant label that they released it and stuff, and certainly from a a western audience point of view, um, you know the Hong Kong legends and stuff that you know it came out and stuff introduced. People to to Frankie, and then I think it was like, oh, what else has he been in? It was one of those. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a fantastic film.
0: I mean, I I I never disliked it. It 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 is an action piece primarily. I I remember notes about Frankie trying always to not criticize, but maybe some commenters thought he like played up his youthful image, his cool image a little bit too much. But I never really minded that, and especially not in Outlaw Brothers. He's uh, he's fun, he's quirky, he's lighthearted, and he. uh, he can perform his action uh, fairly well I mean but but he is surrounded by all those Western fighters I mean it's one of those films that I think has one of the largest amounts of Mm. uh, Western fighters and actors because Mark Houghton is in it Steve Tatalia, Jonathan Iskar Jeff Falcon and uh, all those guys that were in Hong Kong at the time they were uh, quite uh, quite employable and uh, here's a movie where you get
1: quite a few of them in one to be, to be honest, I stumbled upon it. It wasn't obviously Frankie because I didn't know at the time and stuff. It was another one of, obviously, Yukuri Oshima's uh, action pieces. And obviously, when you're on the road of discovery for her action pieces, we stumbled across that one. And, and that, that took me on. a Oh, all right, hold on a second. Who's this guy, Frankie Chan? So all of a sudden, you know, there was somebody else I was looking out for movies for. It was always a journey of discovery when you picked up these films. But that one definitely stood out as, a, as an action piece. Certainly something I enjoyed.
0: And I, and I like Burning Ambition as well, um, not necessarily for like, oh, it's a riveting story as well, but th- there is some really uh, re- stellar cast, of course, like Simon Yam, Yokari is in it as well, Kara Hoy, Roy Chow, Eddie Ko, Xing Foyon, Feng Hakon. But, you know, co- considering like how great the action set pieces are in that film, like, it's entirely forgivable that like it's a little bit shaky in the storytelling uh, and there, there is this uh, grueling parking garage fight in Burning Ambition that stands out in my mind but uh, there, there is quality across each set piece so, so Frankie knew how to surround himself with uh, good action choreographers I know he's worked with uh, Fung Hakon and uh, so those two movies really um, are ones to seek out if you want to see what Frankie did outside yes, of. Somebody um,
1: needs to get Burning Ambition and, and release that I, I'm not, not, I'm. I'm, I'm Again, it's one of those I think people forget about as well, but as an action piece, it's a fantastic film. Uh,
0: but going back to Fun and Fury, um, reportedly it earned about 3.8 million Hong Kong dollars, so neither Leon Lai nor the likes of Vivian Chow got, uh, got bumps in seats uh, during its nearly two-week run, so it was uh, in and out quite quickly. And expectedly, earning 3.8, it was trailing uh, hits of that year, such as The Top Earner. Justice My Foot with Stephen Chow and Anita Moy uh, at a healthy 49 million. And uh, it was a year dominated by Stephen Chow, uh, as uh, you might have guessed uh, being 1992 and all, but we find Jackie Chan's uh, Supercop, Police Story 3 Cop at the 10th spot with 32 million, so 3.8, probably far away from the top 10, top 20, top 30 even. Uh, so um, that's uh, that, that was that was its destiny. Uh, no nominations for Fun and Fury as well. Either, rather. Uh, not even Fung Hak On's uh, Action Design was nominated. Uh, but the Hong Kong Film Award for Action Design that year was won by Yun Woo Ping for his work on Once Upon a Time in China 2. And Best Picture was Jacob Chung's social drama Cage Man. So, on to the film review of uh, Fun and Fury. Is it fun? Is it furious? Uh, well, let's, uh, let's find out it's kind of stuffed with ingredients that will make you like it eventually and even quite a bit um it it's it's it has a quirky comedic tone that i that i don't mind but when it's spiced up uh, with action i think it uh, scores the highest uh, it's it's at its most likable especially because the action actor that is leon lai is uh, getting a workout here and he's participating he's not being extensively doubled and i like that quite a bit um, the quirky tone and the comedic tone uh, remains, but it becomes more action heavy and creatively so with uh, Frankie Chan eventually sharing that spotlight with uh, Leon uh, as, as sort of co-action leads. So I thought, uh, I thought it was all around good, somewhat tonally weird Hong Kong fun, but um, I certainly had a good time during my first time watch. So what did you think of Fun and Fury?
1: Sam? I'm making a conscious effort not to sit on the fence with films. Because <laughs> you know in the past I've done that. and you you I don't know what to think. I can't make my mind up. <laughs> yeah, I can't make my mind up. I'm going to sit there and just be nice. So I'm going to make my mind up on this. Right, okay. So I'm going to have to say it. I, I'm going to say it. I know everybody's thinking it. Right. I'm furious. that This is not more fun. There you go. I've said it. I'm furious it's not more, more fun because it should have been fun and it wasn't for me. I think by the time I got round to start to enjoy it, you you were kind of an hour in and I'd lost the, the will to live at that point because it just wasn't it wasn't doing it for me. There was a nice uh, there's bits, there's highlights in it and we'll get to it. But it just wasn't as fun as I wanted it to be. I think that's the problem I had with it.
0: In terms of action, though, did anything stand out for you?
1: There's a, a, a highlight um, at the end of the film with, with Kim that is, you know, fantastic. Um, it doesn't quite say the film in itself is entirety. Um, I'm just not... I wasn't feeling it with Leon. There's a there's a running trend across the, the two films as, as well um, that uh, is quite interesting. But um, the fact that why is he getting in, in, into bed with these girls that clearly have obviously serious issues with... Uh, Gangsters, gang members, or anything else. And, and he's always a cop, but doesn't seem to be able to do anything about it. it. It was bugging me. But apart from that, yeah, there were some highlights in there from an action point of view that just wasn't enough for me to justify me moving it across from being furious with it. I wanted more from it. And I think from Frankie as well, because, you know, we talked, we just talked about, you know, Outlaw Brothers, talked about Burned Ambition, we talked about some some great films. And then you put this next to them and it just pales into significance to be honest
0: it, it's a little bit uh, weirder sell for mm. uh,
1: new viewers of
0: frankie's uh, yeah. work i'd say and 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 the tone is it's not hysterical but it's not entirely hong kong broad either it's a little yeah. bit uh, maybe too quirky for its own good but i found it uh, amusing and when it was spiced up with the action that we got i found it to be uh, mm. uh, sort of um, easy and enjoyable to watch but let's get to that because the quirk is out of uh you know is is out of the bag uh quickly you know we got this new kind of villain that makes custom toy cars yeah.
1: <laughs> in his
0: backyard and that's kent cheng for you
1: we do need to talk about it. it's a bizarre setup to start with um uh, and you're like what what is he what's he doing uh time traveling cars it's it's weird it is weird um, it certainly pokes your interest and gets you involved in it but yeah it's like well that's uh, that's okay that's fine he's got a hobby
0: now Kent is obviously uh, one of the best character actors out there and uh, has often played comedy so I'm not surprised that they went that way with him rather than this uh uh barking mad triad boss or anything so that's what you sort of get kent uh, to do he's good at playing villains of course he's in crime stories so he's uh, he's good but uh, um so so it it, it's odd and 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 it's not clever when you uh, put forth uh, in jokes like someone saying leon's character Looks like Leon Lai. Are oh, you his brother? Like, it's not clever. But okay, fr- Frank is trying to get audiences on his side, I suppose. Like, I got Leon Lai. We oh, said Leon Lai in the film. And it's like, ah. But, you know, <laughs> like, love me. Love we me. laugh
1: about it because it's not funny. I'm just saying I'm putting it out there. But yeah, yeah. Exactly. It,
0: it's not a clever in-joke. No. Uh, but but I do think like like the strengths of the action outweighs... But like, like, like it's, it, it's weighty enough for me to like the film and especially like Leon because I I, I know when you dislike a film it's hard sometimes to open your eyes for, for the action because it's it's hard to sort of snap into place again and start liking the film but he is really well immersed in the action so I, I couldn't spot many occasions where Leon was doubled so here's a action director, Feng Hakon in this uh, case who's uh, decided to take Leon for a ride and immerse him in the action, and I think there's some decently hard takedowns. He looks fairly cool, and and, and it's a it's fight action. It's it's not it, it, it isn't a gunplay action exclusively or anything. And I thought those early signs of uh, Leon was really encouraging because you you went from this lifeless performance in Wicked City, even in the action department, to a, a young actor singer who's thrown into the thrown into the fire here. And I thought that looked. I, that looked pretty good on Leon, I I, I have to say. But uh, I don't know if uh, that was hard for you to sort of pick up or like or appreciate that uh, they're, they're not like just featuring Leon in insert shots or anything, but he's in there. He's uh, performing the choreography.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and from that point of view, it was fine. And I, I was I was with it at that stage because, you know, he gets a decent um, fisticuffs in, you know, 10 minutes in. And like I say, he's doing it for himself, and you're like, okay, this is great. This, you know, he looks good. He looks good on screen and stuff. There wasn't enough, you know. We had to wait another fifty minutes till something else happened. To be honest, from a and I, I kind of got lost with the whole plot, and I was just waiting. I was just wanting, wanting some more, expecting some more, and it didn't have the the edge that I wanted either. I mean, it's playful in what it is. It is fun and fun and fury. That's what it is and stuff, but. For me, it wasn't as much fun as I wanted it to be, and it wasn't as furious as I wanted it to be. So it just kind of left me a bit like, "Hmm." Huh. Um, and and it's same with Leon. And I might I think that's probably just because of, cause of the film and stuff. But yeah, from an action point of view, he you know he steps into that, and he you know he he, he does it well.
0: In terms of the, the banter between Frankie and Leon, that that isn't classic by any means either. There's some amusement. Uh... As Leon is the one that frustrates Frankie after having apparently broken down his door to get to a phone like he comes home to his village home it's like the door is broken like hey so there's a minor spots there but but I didn't uh, go to this uh, and stuck with this movie because of their verbal banter but 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 sometimes the like the quirky ideas and this very elaborate plan to split these two up got to me because it's so damn silly. They employ this girl played by Sharon Kwok to uh, play the so-called love interest that clings to Leon and then Vivian Chow walks in and at one point she or someone has flooded the first floor of Frankie's home and then poured a lot of... Uh, soap in there or washing powder in there. So the whole, the entire uh, first floor is like flooded and obviously they're slipping together and slipping into each other's arms because that's Sharon Kok's character's role. And I I thought to myself, I, I know broad Hong Kong comedy. This is toned down but some, at the same time, very awfully weird. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't mind it. I'm not floored by it. I'm not enthralled by it. But it's mm. like this is awfully elaborate in terms of splitting up the the young lovers and I realize that it's incredibly divisive not being typically you know for lack of a better example like nonsense comedy weird or lucky stars weird with your comedy yeah um, it's Frankie has a different idea that is awfully tricky to pull off he doesn't do he, he, he doesn't pull it off very well to be honest but it's like the weirdness or like yeah okay fine I, i'm not gonna lie that was uh kind of uh amusing uh but but again i realized that it could be very divisive where you go like huh i mean couldn't you just i don't know just drive a wedge between them some other conventional rom-com way
1: well, that's what i mean it's it's a whole film about driving the wedge fitting you know right like I say, there's just not enough fun done with that that to make it fun. Like I say, it's one of those. It's one of those I wanted to like because you, you really want to like it, and it's got all the right ingredients, so to speak. You just didn't tick the boxes for me on 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 both. It just didn't quite work. You know, it's close to it, but it just didn't quite didn't quite click as it should have done. Um, and, and the the quirkiness, the weirdness, I you know, I didn't mind as much, but again it just didn't it was just like a long a whole long scene of them trying to to break them up it was it was only later that I started to become interested because it it changes it somewhat when somebody else comes into it but yeah I just didn't get i just i didn't flow with it. Um, with that, you know, Kent trying to break him up, and that just the stupid things that obviously um, Sharon Quirk's trying to do to to do that, just the back and forward, just didn't didn't really work. I didn't really care at that point. I was like, well, just leave her, just leave her, and you know, go and do some else, later.
0: I did, I did like that. She is uh, though uh, Sharon quark so money minded that she sleeps with the money like a comfort blanket like oh the money like, like like the king in the animated robin hood like who sleeps with all his gold and what have you. <laughs> So you uh, so, so, so i found that amusing, but but yeah the, the the second half gets more action heavy and and i continued to be because i was amused i was on board with uh, the action and there's a fight in this i suppose second floor of frankie chan's house with uh, leon lai and the various henchmen that is quite focused around power and kicking and taking uh, takedowns via throws and there's multiple opponents crisscrossing including leon lai in the thick of it and i thought that 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 was entirely admirable I, i even in a sort of spotty um dvd version that we're watching i couldn't spot that he was extensively doubled he was in there and having to deal with the the quite fast back and forth that Fung hak on's choreography clearly requires and uh, that's why i'm leaning towards the lie because i thought this was a real step up if we look at some of the other uh counter uh, pop pop uh, stars the likes of andy lao often uh, Got in the action and did an admirable amount of it and leon isn't uh he doesn't have a track record as uh, strong as andy lao in terms of action but i thought this was something i didn't expect from him that he was going to be convincing enough in such action design and i thought that was uh that, that looked good on him it really did and and, and i thought the, the the action in general was um, was compelling because of its power and uh, the variety of it. It wasn't just martial arts; it's a little bit of gunplay, and uh, and martial arts and some quirky staging. When we get to the back end of uh, martial arts, uh, so those sequences because I found the movie amusing, stood out to me, and I found it uh, compelling and admirable to a degree even.
1: Yeah, and I think from Leon's point of view, you write and stuff, and he, you know, very much reminded me of as you say, the Andy in the early days and stuff when, you know, he's having a go and stuff and he's not really, but, you know, he's there, he's doing it, he's giving it. And I enjoy those scenes, you know, I I do love my action and there's enough there for an action fan to really enjoy it. And, you know, it is the second part, you know, Norman Chu turns up and stuff and then, you know, chewing on the screen and stuff, You're like, hey, we've got a villain now. This is great. And it's just, it's a shame the story wasn't enough there. It was just a long argument between a couple to get to that point.
0: I mean, there's no emotional attachment to be, like to real estate. Clearly, there isn't. Yeah,
1: you want something to drive, to propel you to that. I guess I'm getting, in my old age and stuff, you know, before and stuff, i just go out and find any film with any fight scene. One kick could do it, and that'd be great. But now I want a story driven to get me to that point or to care about them when you don't care about the characters as much. You're not, Even or just some, you know, just funny, just... We just didn't so by the time I got to that point I was like yeah okay but yeah Leon Leon handles himself well which is which is good to see um uh, it certainly does from action point
0: uh, the second half uh, we spoke of um, Frankie's films being populated by Westerners uh, they, they, this is actually quite a and distinguished example of uh, a couple of a couple of them some of them we know some of them um, you, you I, I wasn't familiar with uh, Winston G Ellis that uh, squares off against uh, Frankie and the RC uh, cars, but we certainly recognize Bruce Fontaine. Kim Marie Penn has a fight scene with with uh, Frankie towards the end, so that's very cool that they're they're not brought in just for a little piece or a little comedy piece, like, oh, look at the Guaylos. but uh, Frankie seems to want to uh, highlight. uh, the skills of uh yeah of yeah well folks. look
1: i mean the standout for me you know we'll say it was the uh the kim pen fight i mean that was tremendous with frankie i mean that's uh that's all i on show right there it is worth it just for that fight scene i have to say you know i'd, I'd fast forward it to get to that fight scene but i watched that again and stuff over and over again because i thought it was it was brilliantly executed
0: yeah, yeah i like the setup because she's in full protective uh, yes. iron gear so <laughs> Frankie has to burst through that for in some shape or form and he uses an iron pole and they end up in the water. So it, it's quite a creative sh- uh, showcase for Fung Ha On as action director, but certainly both for Kim and Frankie. And it looks like both of them are participating to a large degree as well, rather than uh, doing like this 10,000 increase in acrobatic and spinning that requires stunt persons or what have you. So it, it really looks like they're fight scene to participate in to a large degree and they they, they sold out well it, it's part of the quirky tone of the film because um I, i'm not sure why she needed to be in full iron protective gear she was a sniper
1: <laughs> exactly she was a nice sniper later on and stuff but you know what it looked good on her good on kim and she looked fantastic and um i thoroughly enjoyed that because i've not seen it either. So. I don't know why I'd never seen that fight scene before, but um, it was one of those that I discovered. So that was definitely my high point of the movie and stuff. And if you want to see some uh, action and Frankie and Kim going at it, then absolutely, you know, go and grab this because it's worth it for that fight scene alone. I thought it was a fantastic bit of uh, choreography as well.
0: It, it's the type of film too, speaking of the quirky tone, where it's feasible that we get Leon Lai versus Norman Choi towards the end, Sword versus Pole. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but 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 I bought the tone by that point. Uh, it, it gets better when combined with action, the the quirky tone, and and there's some fun side gags here. As uh, uh, Norman Choi uh, I froze Leon off the bridge, but oh, he jumps off the bridge and he uh, he shoots uh, shoots bullets into the water, tons of bullets, and we do see blood boiling up in the water. Oh no, Leon has died, and then we see fish instead. But like, <laughs> not the most used. Uh, side gag in these films. I appreciated that. Uh, okay, fine. Cool. Yeah Um, and, But I also like uh, I guess it's my final note uh, that, that um, p- Because again, I f- thought the tone Combined with the action Became a better fit towards the end. So I, I even like that characters are aware of the fact that they're acting stupid at, at one point I think Leon says to Frankie like we're in danger here like it, th- this is not a, an appropriate time to make jokes He's actually deadly serious as they're dangling off the bridge and what have you. So that thought, like, self-awareness from Frankie to, like, uh, stop the seriousness, like, save your friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So I was like, at that point, I was just like, you know, I'd, I'd already made my mind up, I guess, and I'm like, okay, so, Norman, I love you, you know, you, you tried to save the film, didn't quite do it for me. Why have you put a bomb at the bottom? to explode surely you would have just put it closer to them i'm not seeing the danger here at all it was just like it's just it was just ridiculous but i thought well that's just the tone of the film anyway Uh, and that was it and i was like on that note thank you very much where's me you didn't give me any fun i had one bit of furious which i really enjoyed uh, and that was that was it and i was like disappointed and i think that's a shame because I think actually Leon stood out in this to a certain extent
0: because the the reason we're doing this series is in in general I think Leon has a tendency to to be bland and when he's uh, when he springs to life and also uh, participates to the degree he does in this film I I find that um, sort of important to highlight for myself but also I'd like to share that notion that he 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 may be the most bland out of the four heavenly kings mm. you know out of um, Andy Jackie Chung, Aaron Kwok and no one likes Leon. No one puts Leon number one, but yeah. there are signs of uh, him dramatically, of course, as we we'll get to in the series, but also in mm. terms of action that that he can participate without feeling awkward or too soft.
1: You can see the development there. You know, this is, and we've we've done it consciously. Like this is early days. You know, Wicked City was still in Naughty term and stuff. He's he's playing his trade here and stuff. You can see glimpses of it. It's just a shame they didn't give him something better. Um, but I think, you know, as we go forward, you know, as you say, there's there's going to be some things that you go, you know, you need credit where credit, um, is due, but in this one it wasn't. It just didn't work for me. So
0: one lie, one buy, and uh, the series is uh, exciting already.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's it. You know, do you know what? We don't really disagree on a lot. We usually, but we have our little bumps in the road, don't we? And you know, it's good because it keeps it fresh and. You know it was a a buy from me and a a life from you
0: and well well um i've sent a bag of poo to your house because i dislike you so heavily because that's how it works
1: receiving that i'll get the wife to pick that up
0: like like ups picked picked it up this morning (laughs) so no, but um, it's uh, it's an interesting watch. Uh, don't start with it, as we said, in terms of uh, watching Frankie's films as director. Stick with Outlaw Brothers, Burning Ambition, if you can find it, and uh, start exploring after that, because he's not a terrific director all round. That, that long uh, Wuxia film, of Warriors' Tragedy, is uh, is, uh, is spotty as well. Uh, it it's been available in uh, with different titles, different lengths. Most the longest I think I found was like. Two and a half hours, three hours. So it's a it's a big uh, big thing, but uh, not uh, exceptional by any by any stretch. Uh, but yeah as for availability of fun and fury the universe dvd has not been reissued or upgraded it seems even though it it, there seems to be evidence of hd sources out there probably on demand in china and the likes um, if you go by google images Uh, but uh, it it, uh, there's nothing available that you can buy as far as i know Uh, so the dvd is quite elusive um, although the film is available in uh, in different parts on youtube uh, hopefully all parts so uh and, and using that uh, older dvd source i believe so if you can find it in full on youtube if you can't find it second hand then um, uh, go explore that way and um, add it to a playlist and watch it uh, in full hopefully anyway i want to thank jay lee for the viewing material assist uh not that my aim was to buy every dvd back in the day but when hong kong dvds were so cheap like 40 hong kong dollars per disc I bought a ton back in the day. *Fun and Fury* was one I never got to, so uh, thanks to Jay Lee, uh, who did get to it back in the day.
1: Jay, you superstar, nice one. Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank
0: you. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we're gonna take a music break and uh, then um, transition into the second 1992 film of this uh, episode. It's called *With or Without You*. Isn't that a U2 song? When, yeah, without
1: uh, without you, without without you, uh, Not featured
0: in this film. <laughs> but, no, it um,
1: isn't. But it, it we're is.
0: probably going to have to pay for what Phil just uh, <laughs> did.
1: It was that good, folks. Copyright good strike. <laughs>
0: as long as we don't put it on YouTube, I guess then then the, the bots won't catch your uh, your serenading of me. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're going to look at that film starring Leon Lai, Rosamund Kwan, and Jackie Chung. So sit tight, and we'll be right back. Adví And welcome back in the second review of this episode, the Liar by Actors Series, Leon Lai, or by Actors Series, if you will. second film is With or Without You from 1992, and the plot goes as follows. Hostess Tweedy, played by Rosamund Kwan, is the object of desire for sharpshooting psychopath Triad Prince, played by Jackie Chung who does leave her alone after a hit that uh, forces him to flee. Meanwhile, young cop Ming, played by Leon Lai and Tweedy, they fall in love. And of course, it's just a matter of time before Prince returns to uh, wreak even uh, more havoc now that he's challenged by another suitor. So, this is curious, and it's one of the reasons why I included this film. This story had a two-movie arc across 1992 and 1993. That involved Taylor Wong and director Herman Yao. And Herman Yao is uh, the cinematographer on With or Without You. So With or Without You was released May 21st in 1992 and a healthy 9.6 million Hong Kong dollars. And the year after, the film's cinematographer Herman Yao directed a prequel story for Jackie Chung's seemingly popular Prince character. And that film was No More Love, No More Death. And that was produced by Taylor Wong and released... To a box office gross of 6.9 million. So a bit less. And it's interesting that this two movie sort of punch appeared. Courtesy of these two men. Even if Niva rivaled Stephen Chow's box office dominance uh, during those years. But uh, it's interesting. And uh, once we get to the end of the series. We're going to use our bonus episode format. And look at that film. No more love, no more death. Leon isn't in it. But I think uh, it'll be a neat thing to see if... The backstory of Prince is something you'd want to have if it enhances, with or without you, or not. Uh, I have seen it been a many, many years. I don't know if it takes place in the between period that uh, when he's gone in this movie, or if it uh, takes place the year before or something like that, you know. Uh, so uh, it's interesting. It doesn't happen that much that they do it uh, like that. No, I,
1: I didn't know about it until obviously research was done. And and then it popped up and I was like, okay, that that's really interesting. That makes it, yeah, it makes it definitely a one to, we had to watch um, and makes for an interesting viewing, knowing the fact that actually we've got a prequel here to the characters as well. So that added another layer of depth certainly to it.
0: And the, the, the thing is, if you were a, maybe a long-running series like Young and Dangerous, what have you, they did prequels and spin-offs and what have you, but but they, this was it. This wasn't part of anything greater in, in terms of uh, a volume and amount of movies or anything. Uh, but, but I have a feeling and I don't know, so I'm just spitballing here that uh, they fought like 9.6 million, Jacket Chung, the Prince character, sort of made people talk a little bit, so let's... I have an idea to revisit it. Well, let's do it so and that they did uh, but uh, but yeah we don't have any documentation on that uh, no special edition blu-ray box set uh, that documents the making of these two movies so all we can do is guess anyway taylor wong the director of this one is uh, d- is a director we've jokingly said is so sort of distinctly middling and okay and sometimes even awful uh, but uh, nevertheless i can cite several favorites of mine across his 22 films as director including the wild special effects frenzy Buddha's Palm made at Shaw Brothers in 1982. That's a one for the ages. Uh, Good uh, frenzied special effects fun. Uh, There's another two-movie saga in Taylor's filmography that is probably his most, uh, I was about to say famous, known movies. It's the gangster film epic uh, covering two movies uh, called Rich and Famous and Tragic Hero starring uh, Chai Fat and uh, Andy Lau, Alex Man, and uh, what have you. The second film, chronologically, was Tragic Hero and had, it had more action, uh, bigger action, and that was actually released first. Therefore, I think, think it's it said that it, it was a commercial decision to bring that out first because uh, it goes boom a little bit better and then put out the Rich and Famous sometime later as a prequel story. And in all honesty, I wouldn't have minded watching it like that because yeah a prequel story fine but I did watch them in order as yeah. uh, Made in Hong Kong the UK label released them both and I think one came uh, that the first one Rich and Famous did come out before uh, Tragic Hero. Uh, they weren't years apart in terms of VHS releases but, but I think they were a little bit uh, spaced out so, so I saw it chronologically in uh, that regard and, and I could spot that yeah first one does have action it doesn't have grenade launcher action. <laughs> and that tragic hero has so yeah, on that film
1: yeah i just remember them fantastic i mean obviously it's cherry and fat in cherry and fat mode so it was like uh i, w- I was on them uh, i was on an Andy loud kick anyway and cherry and fat on that you know heroic bloodshed movie so i was just i was sucking up everything i could with those actors at the time and stuff i you know i came across those and i love them i love the films you know when you're seeing the kind of the better tomorrows and that and stuff you always you're always angry for something with cherry and fat with the some guns in his hand anyway, and stuff, so that was always great and Andy Ladd was always in the you know prior of films and stuff, so he, he ticked all the boxes for me from from that point of point of view so yeah i love I love both of those films
0: for me, it was kind of Alex Mann seeing how he uh, how he likes to chew the scenery as a bad guy <laughs> As oh, a yeah. rabid dog uh, bad guy I see transitions from sort of innocent to uh, to uh, selfish and uh, and, uh, and a traitor and uh, murderous machine b- b- by the second film and uh, it, it's kind of Alex Mann's uh, trademark, terrific actor. But yeah. uh, he he knew uh, also uh, that he could be a barking dog in these genre movies and come out uh, come, come out in full force. And uh, tragic hero was a nice example of that. Personally, you gotta hate your villain, and he knew how he knew how to hate, uh, make us hate him. Uh, Taylor also held the first local Hong Kong movie to receive a Category 3 rating, meaning for uh, audiences of 18 years and over. And uh, this was the true-life crime film Sentence to Hang, which was largely a remake of the Shaw Brothers film Kidnap from uh, the early 70s. Uh, when I say local, I, I, I've never pinned this down, but I did hear that... Uh, just before the first local film was released, the first Hong Kong film was released with this rating, uh, Scorsese's um, Last Temptation of Christ got in there, uh, and uh, it received a Category free rating as it was released in Hong Kong. So uh, that's why I specify it was the first local film. Um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure of that, but I did hear it, so... Uh, uh, that's my theory, and I'm, um, so I'm sticking to uh, uh, v- v- wording it like that. The first local film to get the category three rating, and then they were off to the races uh, in, in the in the years to follow with the with the category three rating, and what have you. And uh, I, as we said, not the most exciting director across the board, but across various genres. Uh, uh, we have uh, further movies like Spiritual Love, starring Chai Infat, Kung Fu vs. Acrobatic, and Lau. No Risk, No Gain, which is uh, more gambling stuff uh, from the stars of Casino Raiders. So obviously, uh, Tim uh, Tam. Uh, Tam and uh, Andy Lau. And uh, even the sex comedy, uh, speaking on category three, um, uh, he did a sex comedy in the, in the 90s called Girls Unbutton, starring uh, Rachel Lee or Letta Lee. So kind of being workmanlike and unremarkable doing uh, during the golden era of Hong Kong film, is not actually terrible, but he was not the one that was like, my god, I'm blown away by this director. No, but... It is isn't some good stuff and uh, I don't mind uh, seeing his take on matters. So that's that, uh, with or without you. So I wouldn't say there's a huge reason to care for the love triangle as presented, but it, it's a sufficient swift time. Uh, uh, the actors fall into their roles dependently. Um, you have uh, character actors beside them, like John Ching, who is lively as a triad boss. That's quite harsh on the hostesses looking after him. One of those uh, character actors like Alex Mann. That will do his job very well. However, the extended finale, I think, is sustained toughness and uh, has this entertaining overact from Jackie Chung and some good bursts of gunplay mayhem. It's, it's hard for me. Like, like, I, I do like the film. It moved, moved very quickly and uh, it was uh, impressive in some respects. I don't think Leon squeezes into lie territory quite here. He's not bad, but he's uh, he's the weaker link in the free. If we if we uh, focus on the free, the dependently is not quite enough here for light to squeeze into the okay territory. But by no means this uh, stiff act la wicked city or anything. So um, so it's one of those where the film is okay, but Leon um, struggles a little bit compared to his uh, fellow co-stars. Uh, so that's my short opinion, with or, without, with or without you. What
1: did you think? Yeah, I enjoyed this more. I have to say, I was um, it was interesting again. And 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 coming back to onto it, and what I, what I said before was, you know, Leon does pick these relationships where they seem to have some kind of uh, gangster-related uh, family and or boyfriend, um, which makes it kind of interesting. But I didn't mind this one as much. I think there was a little bit more to it, a little bit more grit to it, and I think probably that's uh, Jackie's just you know, wacky character that he was in the fleets in and out and stuff on on uh, Rosamund Kwan's birthday. But I didn't mind Leon as much in this because I think he was just, again, um, he had more to do, more to act in it. So um, And he gets away with it. He gets a, he gets alive from me on this one um, just about by the skin of his teeth. But I think it's because I enjoyed the film more this time around and watching him in this role. And he was much, much of the same kind of thing but yeah you just about pipped it for me but again i think that was more to do with i enjoyed this film a little bit more
0: so, so as we said leon lai and jack chung back together again in less of a special effects uh, spectacle uh they don't need to uh, act with uh, uh, puppetry and uh, goo and uh, gore and what have you or, uh, <laughs> and no need for a plastic leon
1: no no need.
0: <laughs> but, but yeah really the star of the film uh, in a role that could have gone oh so wrong is, is jackie chung because i i dig his
1: rottweiler role here <laughs> there's yeah. no doubt that man is evil yeah yeah the guy just gives no fucks at all apart from when he's obviously Rosenbaum.
0: and obviously the buzz cut or whatever like the spiky hair just it it's simple but it looks good on him as a, this sort of i don't give a rat's ass about anything yeah so. And uh, killing is my business. And business is cool and good and excellent. I love it. Um, and Herman, uh, th- there were actually two cinematographers listed, there, but Herman is one of them. She- shoots Jackie in the in the early stages in these garish colors, which I think is uh, looks very good on the movie. It adds that grit and that uh, tone of violence to a degree. It's probably not the uh, <laughs> like the most uh, forward thinking role for a woman here, because what what I noticed. Is that even though Rosamund has an attitude about her and she can't say no, each time a man forces himself on her, she gives him. It's like,
1: <laughs> Come on, <laughs> she does. To be fair, It gives mean, gives every man a chance. There, I think. Uh, I and then, and then,
0: that. as soon as like they start to make out with her then take my breath away, da, da, da. <laughs> like, like uh, everything's good. So, okay, it doesn't look that good today. Uh, especially, especially because it happens twice. Like uh, she, she falls for Leon in the same way when he's all, uh, all uh, hopped up on, um, on, uh, on, uh, on weed. L- later in the film, he, he, he does the same. So okay, fine. But uh, that uh, uh, violent tone that, that that Taylor Wong establishes early in the film, because Prince is here for a while and then he's gonna take off, and uh, you know the violence that it leads to. You know his gang that they're cop killers for their boss in order for their boss to flee they have no qualms about killing cops like that that tone that staging of that type of violence uh, was that effective for you
1: yeah yeah that that's what i like so yeah, i i guess if you're going to do funny do funny and if you're going to do you know quirky that that's fine and stuff but i like my films with a little bit of edge to them and this had enough enough edge to keep me enthralled by it you know cop killers they're great you know let's let's have that stick that in as, as part of it, bring some danger to it, and you can work with that. There's, a, there's another added element to it. So, you know, some could say, well, you know, Fun and Fury is the same thing. It's just an element about a, a relationship, and it's the same with this, but there was just more facets to this one that kept you enthralled by it because it was straight away. It's like if you brought Norman Truman to Fun and Fury, and I'm going back to it, earlier, you know, maybe that would have pepped up the interest earlier on and stuff with obviously Jackie Chung being brought in, Right, at that and you you see what he's like, and you've got that undertone underneath it all. You know, you're looking forward to that journey and that ride. That it, the inevitable is gonna, you know, they're gonna come back round and have that face off, and which is great. And I, I appreciated that, and and that I think that's why this one works better for me.
0: And and most of the time, it it does keep the action uh, gritty and quite uh, quite, uh, dangerous Uh, uh, there there are some uh, slightly more acrobatic set uh, piece or maybe primarily one at the beginning when uh, the little scrawny CID that Leon Leon is uh, (laughs) he he shows that he's got some fight in him Uh, and the the doubling that occurs in this one is for the more acrobatic uh, moves during the gunplay scenes which makes sense Uh, it's not like they do a 360 with him or anything, but there are some things that you need to say no to and hand over to stunt persons in order to move forward really quickly. And his partner in this one is uh, Stephen Chow's comedic uh, sparring partner, Mantat from all of those uh, comedies he did, including Shaolin Soccer. And uh, it's an interesting role because he goes with his broad stick. Even in gunplay situations, um, but uh, I'll leave a note open for now because uh, in in all uh, in, in short, his character grew on me. Uh, there, there, there's some better writing towards uh, the halfway point, if you will. But uh, that's the sort of tonal Hong Kong uh, tonally wild Hong Kong cinema making its presence felt. That you either go with or you find incredibly annoying. But Tat's role was interesting. The way they developed the. Uh, him because he's supposed to be the veteran of the partners, even though he has his uh, vices, as uh, as we perhaps will talk about uh, in a way. But but again again, uh, Taylor Wong merges the events effectively enough. The motivations all leads to one woman, and uh, one male character is lawful, one is unlawful, and uh, so that that is sufficient. That's why I said I, I think this movie uh, moves very very well, is well paced, and and uh, while it isn't convincing. In the romance department, uh, uh, in terms of uh, Rosamond falling for Leon, I, I didn't quite buy that. Uh, it's all still uh, effective as uh, as done, and and it's also a flawed character. He's not Casanova. He's a flawed character because he's haphazard with his rom- romantic life, uh, Leola. life. He forgets going on dates. Uh, you know, one of his his, his current girlfriend's t- turns up in his car. It's like. Oh, yeah, we were supposed to go on a date. That was yesterday. <laughs> and, oh. uh, you know, so he, he's a flawed character in that regard. He's uh, consumed by his work, and uh, he's not that terribly invested in her, it seems. So they're, they're not painting him as this uh, pitch-perfect Casanova. So it moves uh, uh moves uh, well enough. But uh, I wanted to ask about uh, Rosamund. She uh, is... I do find her underrated, man, because uh, I always thought she... Could put on a convincing show in terms of uh, the attitude needed for a role, whether playing the quite Western-influenced character in the Once Upon a Time in China series, but looking lovely and stunning, and uh, you totally buy that she uh, gradually falls for a very oblivious, uh, like like Wong Fei that doesn't notice that at all, <laughs> like falling in love with me. And two, but but two roles like this where she, I I, I never found her. A sort of street smart attitude, a little bit of mouthy attitude that this work requires as a hostess girl. Forced or anything, I always thought she did well dealing with different uh, temperatures of uh, of a performance. So, so, so if you look at this performance alone, I suppose. Uh, do you think, she, do, do you think she, uh, did you buy her as a hostess girl of sorts?
1: Yeah, I think she's a fantastic actress, like you say, and she just, she can just walk into a rollout and make it her own and stuff. And yeah, it was believable. And I think that's, it would, that, the the three of them made it because it was like, you know, plan. I mean, it's very, it's very static. So in other words, there's a lot of it, a lot of the scenes in the, in the club and they stay in one place and stuff. So it's all about them, the interaction of those characters. And, you know, if you're not up to it and you don't have an actress like, you know, Rosamund Kwan, you, you you're just going to you're not going to you're not going to believe in it you're not going to go with it so yeah i think she does uh she does a she does a really good job in this to be fair those
0: roles were quite common at the time they made movies uh, centering around uh, mo- uh, mostly melodramas, s- centering around uh, hostess girls, So, what have you. Girls Without Tomorrow is one film. Uh, Maggie Cheung is in it, I believe. And Call Girl, 92, and things like that, so uh, this role wasn't un- uncommon, but uh, I thought she held her own in terms of that attitude that is uh, needed, because she wasn't new. Uh, she's clearly so- someone who's been in the club for a while, so she isn't this uh, innocent uh, scaredy cat or anything. That's a plus for the movie, and therefore... In, in a way, I, I I like the contrast she represents versus Leon because I'd, as cocky as he appears as a CID who like says like, well, can I get your entire contact information so I can call you in case uh, I need to ask about something, so give me this and this and this and this and this, like uh, give me all your contacts. Um, but, but he is a little bit of a young boy, young, uh, inexperienced cop or boy, and when he really messes up, we, a plot point in the film, so... Uh, surrounds a missing gun, his mm. gun because he's um he's been uh, he's been drinking at the club, which is uh, one of the better beats in the film. You know you know the scene where he uh, he he's been brought to his apartment or he uh, managed to walk home and then wakes up and realizes his gun is gone. That panic I thought I, I, as 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 I said Leon like doesn't quite get there, but that was well played. I thought that panic like oh oh no oh shit. And yeah. you, you would get, get in a panic state, and then he needs to conduct this uh, unofficial investigation and try to trace his steps, because this means hell, like the the ramifications of a stolen gun that possibly could be used in in a crime that that traces back to him and that's on him, and it's a you know it's a massive weight if that would have happened. And I thought that drive of the film, like the missing gun, I thought one of, was one of the better sort of gears of the film, that the film switched up a gear and got going really, really well because I thought that was kind of exciting and it had, it had tension with Leon trying to um, conduct that investigation and uh, obviously confided in his partner, matat uh, that uh, I messed up.
1: That's the point and the difference that at least you got, to See Leon do a little bit more because you're right, you gotta uh, you, you not add that, you know, slim it down and stuff, and just it on the back and forth. But just brought another side and stuff, and then he gives it allows Leon to just stretch a little bit from you know an acting point of view because what you want to do anyway. But he, like you say, he plays it well, he plays it well, so you know, you got to believe in that to, to carry on believing. You know, in the story, in the storyline, goes on through that, and it's a fair chunk of it. So, you know, he's got to drive that as a as a character and stuff, and
0: uh. And and that's where my like of Mantat's performance uh, comes in to bring us back yeah. to that, because after the bowling alley, uh, bowling alley sequence where where someone is taken down by a bowling ball, which is not the the most usual sequence in a Hong Kong movie, I I, I thought the uh, the writing for mantat. By this point, he was a, an award-winning actor. He he won the Best mm. Supporting Actor award for a moment of romance. And he, he can do this stuff. So the writing that they give him shows he's a good mentor. And he can keep it real despite uh, being a gambling man. So he, he talks in one scene with Leon about the three mistakes a cop can do or must not do. Mm. Or, or, or the three mistakes uh, they, they, they can afford to do, like barely. And one is gambling, and that's me. Like, like I says, I'm I'm already in it, so no nope, no helping me. But uh, <laughs> but but the two other mistakes are women and losing your gun, and you're you're on your way. Uh, you know, doing two and three, so we need to solve this right now. And and I thought that that was a nice turn for a character that seems like he's placed there to bring up the comedy factor in what is a sort of tense and gritty and serious story. So I thought that uh, that was a neat turnaround because I was I was expecting like. The worst, like, my dad slipping in, slipping in some, some dog shit in the alley or something like that. I, I was expecting a, a scene like that somewhere.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. And stuff. I think, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean about expecting a scene like that because just before that, I think when he gives him like, the kind of toy gun, I expected to make some kind of like, you know, make it kind of funny or humorous, but it wasn't actually. It was just like, you know, we'll put this and stuff and you'll be all right kind of looking after him and stuff. it's a more a mental thing and stuff. But yeah, you were kind of waiting for that kind of comedy. It didn't really, you know, we kept it very grounded and that's what I mean about, I think it just worked well for me between the characters because there was enough there between them and he wasn't just there to pop Leon up and stuff just to drive him through their story and stuff. Yeah, I think the moment's yeah, it's, it's uh was excellent
0: really and um, when they start the bond uh, Leon Lai's character and uh, Rosamund Kwan they um, you know she's kind of running laps around him in terms of charisma because you know in all honesty I think she is more charismatic than he is uh, at least at this point in his career while I don't particularly buy that she would fall for him at least for a while, the the sort of cantopop montage of them bonding actually shows that Leon has no time for love in his profession. Like he's entering the same cycle. Like he he can't romance someone because he's out chasing bad guys, and his his mind is elsewhere, and he's forgetful. Then then again, after his um, his injured in that um, confrontation with John Ching, and again, good tried character actors that. Uh, know how to shoot the the scenery that's one of them is John Ching, so I believe he cuts uh, Leon's hand at one point, but uh, Leon beats me with an ashtray, which is a small piece of action direction that Leon sells very well. Uh, as he uh, beats his face like uh, once but punches his face once or his nose once and i thought oh, that's very cool but 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 the thing i dislike again is like the when we get the, the somewhat rare appearance of cannabis usage in a hong kong film because uh rosamond uh, tweedy wants to soothe leon's pain okay that's played well you know he's not going crazy after doing one hit or anything but then another man <laughs> the second man forces himself on rosamond kwan and it works <laughs> like come on, no, no. maybe once with the like maybe the bad guy is this exciting thing to have in your life with Jackie mm. Chung early in the film. but come on, like a high Leon lie. you're better than that, Tweedy. You're better than that but but the things that makes it work is because Jackie is as great as he is. His presence is felt because he, he has shown teeth. And you know he's going to come back yeah, at some exactly. point. So the movie has that sort of that snapping feeling is uh, hovering over it, and it it works out pretty well because he when he returns, the movie definitely finds a another gear that I thought was yeah. very well handled. It's a pretty long climax to the film, you know. So uh, so how was that for you? That sort of hostage situation, brief gunplay, chasing, and you know that whole scenario.
1: Look, you can understand why they brought him back because it's great that character. And he's a quite a long, a longer sequence of stuff. We get more, Jack. And I think that's what um, drove him to say, actually, we could do something more with this character because he is great. And as soon as he comes back, it just, the film was good enough at that point to get us through to that point. But I think it was the underlying feeling that, you know, Jackie Jones going to return. And when he does, um, they make the most of it um, and they give him time to, um, to go crazy to chew the scenery and to have the gun play and, and all the good stuff and get, and go crazy. And you invested in the characters by that point. So it's a great, it's a great idea. And then obviously he shows he's got a, he a bomb strapped to him as well. So you've got that, um, underlying threat that's happening and stuff and they make the most of it and why not because you want to see more of the character so yeah i, I enjoyed it from that point point and,
0: and then i gather from your description that you never thought his over-the-top act ventured into fuck me this is hilarious but to, oh,
1: like- <laughs> no no I, it could have been it could have gone seriously wrong and uh, right at the beginning i thought oh this could go one or two ways you know when you kind of see that kind of character on screen but he gets away with it he does get away with it, Jackie. Yeah, a character you you're kind of rooting for at the same time, even though he's a bad guy and he's a bit of a fruit loop, But in actuality, there's enough love there. Um, hence why I was really intrigued to find out there'd be more of that character, which was great.
0: A very strange, uh, strange notion of love, I suppose, uh, in that character.
1: Indeed. Yeah, I'm popping back for your birthday. Make sure you're ready and available. <laughs> <laughs> and that was and she was and that right sounds rather so that's, courteous but, like <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah it was great we just see, like, okay so yeah you, you kind of invested in it uh, for all the quacky quackiness and stuff
0: I mean combined with violence and the action the triangle does sort of work by this point and uh, I, I do like that uh, while there's no depth necessarily to Jackie Chung, he has in a few minutes sold us in the beginning of the film on his ruthlessness. And it's really fun that his reintroduction is accompanied by a huge guitar riff. <laughs> like there's a rock and roll villain, he's back and bam! Yeah, that's it. So, uh, and, and even, you know, it's not a gunplay ending as such, but like the big, you know, he has a huge gun, this character, you know. And so the sparse bullets that are fired are threatening and deadly you know even when he shoots out like uh, a window uh, uh, on a police van and mm. uh, and and the mano a mano sort of fight and gunplay ending uh, that we do get uh, has some gnarly fire stunts in there and 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 you come back to jackie like, like the key to his performance is that prince is having fun almost but, but but not comically so being in the thick of it he loves inflicting pain and danger and uh, doing it out of love uh, in a very odd and strange way. And that's um, an effective notion here that works in terms of direction, works in terms of performances. And Taylor actually gets some pretty powerful images in there towards the end, even if I never truly bought the entire romance between the three of them. But I love the sort of unrelenting ending where where, uh, the sacrifice is made, if you will, but he takes someone with him. You know, I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, the, like the uh, prince, uh, he doesn't go out in a blaze of glory by himself. He takes at least one person with him. <laughs> oh, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. just vicious kill him. I mean, in the, the shoot coming out of the club and stuff, I think somebody's running away and he shoots him in the back and stuff. There's no messing around with him, but obviously, the inevitable he loves her that much and stuff, you know, on the way to the. You, the, the inevitability and stuff. He stops on the way because she gets shot and he stops and smashes into a drugstore and gets her some joy. Dro- you know, he cares for her and loves him and stuff. And, you know, you see that side of him and stuff as well, which is, which is great. You you want to see more of his uh, journey, which is like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased that we, we get to see more of him, but he, he yeah, he kind of made the film because his, his character, like I say, he could have gone two ways, but it was, uh, it was great because we always knew he was coming back. And it was a, it was a fitting finale for his return into the film. Yeah. Very much so. Uh,
0: so yeah, this um, I, I liked the film, but um, Lai wasn't quite there in terms of um, in terms of convincing me that uh, he uh, this love triangle works. Uh, but um, again, that's the purpose of this series as well. Like, look at the performance. Does it work? Well, no. The movie can work. Despite we could see it as an example, you know, where he. Sucks like 1000%, and the movie still works <laughs> miraculously, <laughs> miraculously enough. But, um, so it, it's the purpose of this series, too, to sort of grade in different ways, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't have any other notes on the film, so anything else you want to say?
1: No, 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 um, thoroughly enjoyable. It's uh, definitely one of those that uh, I'm glad I discovered, and that's what the journey is all about. Not only for Leon and his journey of discovery, but me finding great hong kong action movies that um i wouldn't mind watching again so uh, yeah yeah so, so let's watch fun and fury again it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's and- not fun and it's furious and it's not fun i've said it again
0: but anyway, as for availability of With or Without You, I, I don't know if it's of its prior home video history. I'm guessing it must have had a Laserdisc or VCD, but uh, I couldn't find any documentation on it. But in terms of DVD, it had a pretty average DVD release from Winson in Hong Kong. box though, optional subtitles, uh, but, but it didn't look too hot. I mean, I, I, I watch things on a, on a small display because um, I don't. You know, I don't have a 3D, 4K, whatever TV. Uh, so it's it's okay for me. But uh, this might look a bit smeary on uh, the world's biggest uh, display out there. Uh, but uh, it's, all, it's all functional. Obviously, we could craft a discussion around this uh, standard definition version. As a secondhand DVD, it looks elusive. I've seen it appear as subtitle on YouTube. So again, go find that on your own. And uh, there is, um, uh, Jay Lee linked me to an HD trailer of the film. That hopefully means it's remastered somewhere but uh, finding someone who wants to put this out uh, outside of Hong Kong, I'm not sure someone wants to take a chance on a movie like Weaver or Without You so we can only hope that uh, it might get a Hong Kong Blu-ray release uh, uh, sometime in the future but uh, I, I have a feeling it's, uh, it's out there in HD prob- probably or maybe on China streaming services, hopefully intact in terms of... Um, uncut and so forth but uh, right now there's no, no way to watch a brighter more shiny hd version so if you find this standard definition version uh, out in the wild or on youtube then um, do give it a whirl uh, so yeah we obviously have only done four movies in this nine movie leon live, live retrospective and next uh, episode will be i suppose two and a half reviews um, because uh, the main reviews uh, will be Comrade's Almost a Love Story. The big, big, big award winner from 1996. Uh, Leo Lai and Maggie Chung. And really the high standard, uh, the high water, uh, water mark, water point, whatever. For Leo Lai, for Maggie Chung, for director Peter Chan, uh, and uh, everyone involved in that wonderful film. So we'll be looking at that. We'll also be looking at the quirky Moonlight in Tokyo with uh, Leo Lai as uh, a Japanese well, it's set in Japan, he's not a Japanese, but he's a gigolo in Japan and his um, his mental faculties are not uh, as strong as they should be, I suppose. Um, a quirky film from the writers and one of the directors of Infernal Affairs. And also I want to show Phil, even though he might have seen it once upon a time, but I want to show him the short, albeit it's an hour long, but the short Going Home. Which was part of the original Free. You know, Free was an anthology film, and then Free Extremes came out after it. But this was the first film featuring films from Korea, Thailand, and Hong Kong. And Free Going Home was the film that Leo Lai won the acting award for. But we've done an episode on it. Paul fire. I sort of want to show him the film, and he can give some brief views on it. And um, so we won't do a repeat of of the episode, but. uh, It's uh, because it's such a crucial part of his career, like like a a lauded film, an award that he fairly deserved. I believe he won it in Taiwan. And um, so he deserves a watch. Uh, It's not necessarily, I I know you're into horror and things like that, but and Free and Free Extremes, they were horror anthologies. But um, Free Going Home has an emotional component in there that is very, very well done. It's from the director of Comrades, almost a love story. So uh, it shows that uh, they work quite well together, Leon Lai and Peter Chan. So uh, we'll uh, we'll get uh, we'll get to that. Uh, an hour of your time, uh, I think uh, you can spare to uh, to watch uh, to watch a Hong Kong short film.
1: I think I can. I'm going to look forward to that. I remember vaguely watching it way back in the day. Perhaps I know I've seen the um... because
0: the second Free Extremes film has the dumplings, uh, fruit chance dumplings, and most people have seen that.
1: Yeah, probably um, way back, but well, God, I can't remember at all. So yeah, looking forward to it.
0: We'll uh, revisit that. I'll, 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 I'll send over the uh, slightly longer director's cut that they did for free going home. I believe they did that just to qualify for awards, to bump the running time a little bit, and then it qualified for awards ah, that way. So. That so, yeah. yeah cool. uh, but yeah, we'll be back in the future to do that. For, so in the meantime, for all your Podcast on Fire network needs, including the back catalogue of the Leon Lai episodes and the George Lamb episodes and Alan Tam and so forth, go to podcastonfire.com uh, or find us uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. So that's information I want to leave with you Phil why don't you plug your YouTube channel and what's your new show called
1: what's in the box what's in the box (laughs) that's the YouTube what's in the box by Eastern film fans go and have a search about YouTube and go and have a watch it's a bit of fun Um, you can find us on um, all the relevant um, social media sites Instagram Facebook and Twitter easternfilmfans.co.uk is where you'll find us, and um yeah, thank you for listening to us today. It's been a wonderful episode and discovery for us, and I'm looking forward to doing some more.
0: Excellent. So, my, we'll we'll be back, uh, and uh, we might as well throw out a mention. Uh, we'll link to them, of course, but uh, if you want to pick us up on Blu-ray disc, and here are our, our commentaries on Armor of God, Monkey Kung Fu, not to be confused with Mad Monkey Kung Fu. Human Lanterns, and by the time you hear this, probably it, uh, the Tiger Cage uh, box set is out. Uh, you can pick those up from 88films or uh, wherever you buy your Blu-ray discs from. So we'll, we'll link to that and uh, hope you like us. G- give us a little note if you if you have it on the various socials. I promise we, uh, we won't uh, be depressed for six months if you don't like our commentary. <laughs> I, I've, I've sort of uh, reduced the depression time from six to about three months like so if you say anything mean to me i'll uh, go into hiding for three months only nowadays so it's a uh, i'm a better man <laughs> okay okay, okay. We, uh, we're done for this episode uh, so um we'll be back more leon light talk in, in the future so uh being can kind of be with me was uh, phil g the furious phil g always uh, calm down a little bit now after fun no, I'm not, yeah i'm
1: not furious anymore yes be well folks uh, stay safe and i will catch you soon